0: Hello, and welcome to WeChat Divorce. Hello, I'm Karen Shalhoub, legal liaison, here with Katherine Shanahan, a CDFA. We're co-founders of My Divorce Solution, a company whose mission is to change the way people get divorced by providing a different approach, financial clarity, and an online course to help couples develop a transparent plan that will optimize the outcome of their divorce. Each podcast, we sit down with professionals who provide insight and frank discussion on real people, real situations, and real divorce. Today, we're honored to welcome Kelly Kelly Kelly's a CPA that provides tax advisory services for small businesses and individuals. She specializes in working with clients who are separating or divorcing.
1: Welcome, Kelly. Hello, ladies. I'm so happy to be here with you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. So we're going to start out today
0: um, talking about tax issues and how they specifically affect people going through divorce. So I feel like first and foremost, the top issue that comes up is do I file separately or jointly while I'm going through divorce? And I guess afterwards, I guess afterwards you have to file separately, but during the divorce process, the common question comes up separately or jointly. So how does a couple or separate individuals make that determination?
1: Absolutely, that is um, a very, very common question. And I just wanna confirm that you guys can hear me well. Is that correct? I can. Yes, you sound great. Okay, good, I'm glad. (laughs) Um, So basically, couples are always, able to file separately should they choose to do that. Um, So there's a filing status, married filing separate, and married filing jointly. Um, Most often, I think I have clients that are filing jointly when they are married uh, because there are tax advantages, generally speaking, um, to file that way. Uh, The standard deduction is high. The marginal tax rates are preferable. so that's why more often than not, clients choose to do that. However, clients in very healthy marriages can often file separately as well for for other reasons. Sometimes a you know one member of a married couple is self employed, and for whatever reason, you know the other spouse chooses to file separately. It doesn't want to commingle you know with any of their stuff um, with their business, and and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, however, is there tax advantages for that if
0: one, if one spouse or the other runs a business, or is that a topic for another day?
1: That's a topic for another day, certainly. <laughs> um, but, but yes, there could be. Okay. Um, th- there could be advantages. Sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the, the tax law currently is structured around something called adjusted gross income. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you file separately, your adjusted gross income is different. So, um, I'd say it's, it's rare that I find a, a situation where it's more tax efficient for a married couple to file separately. Um, but I have seen situations where, um, they do choose to do so and it, and it does make sense for them tax wise. Uh, but that's certainly not the norm but okay. it could um, yeah. really as it relates to that something called adjusted gross income um, and the fact that when you're you know together it's it's different you have two um, individuals contributing to that number whereas when you separate that um, sometimes there's the ability to take other things into consideration because the adjusted gross income is lower um, okay. but some sometimes there's not. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely (laughs) for a different day. Um, however, um, for, for couples that are separating, um, considering separating at the beginning stages of the divorce process, it's always helpful to think about, um, what your options are and what makes the most sense for you. I think that a lot of times it's gonna come down to two things, um, really trust and the complexity of the situation. So when you file jointly with your spouse, um, you basically are taking on the entire tax exposure of both individuals um, as an individual. So for example, if you are filing jointly and you and your spouse um are in a very healthy marriage and your spouse is hiding income if the irs you know you fraudulently file a return you could potentially be on the hook individually for that tax liability going forward if things fall apart he skips town you're left with this liability um, that's assigned to you individually it, it doesn't necessarily matter right off the bat that you know he he was the one that kind of screwed things up um, or he's at fault or that that tax relates to his income so so there's exposure in filing your taxes jointly because you're essentially exposed to any income or penalties or, you know, any income that's being hidden, any deductions that are being falsified and any, um, tax or penalties that would result from that. Um, they could be, you know, assessed against you individually and, and often are. Um, so let's take a situation where I would advise filing, um, separately would be a situation where, you are separating or divorcing, and maybe one spouse is self-employed and or runs a business. Um, and there's some, you know, any degree of uncertainty really that that information is not um, completely accurate. I think it would be a good opportunity to discuss or consider filing separate um, for both parties. I, I think that makes sense. Um, I would also, so you can, you can also, th- this is actually something that I think is going to lead into the head of household filing status, which I also wanted to discuss. Um, when, when you are divorcing or separated, um, there's another filing status that you can use, that one or sometimes both spouses can use for tax filing purposes and that is head of household so um, for example let's say you have two individuals that are trying to figure out um, the you know they're, they're separated let's say it's the it's march okay it's this time they're in quarantine and they're they realize You know somebody's got to go get an apartment you know this is not working so so one spouse goes out and and rents an apartment and you know maybe they're still working on things but they're they're physically separated um and it remains that way through the remainder of the year so you have two spouses paying for the cost to keep up separate residences right and throw throw a kid in there um you are able to file as head of household if you do three things in general. You pay for more than half of the cost of keeping up a household for the year. So in our example, as long as each spouse is paying for the majority of the cost to keep up that household, um, they're eligible to file head of household. Also you're considered unmarried for the tax year to be considered unmarried, you need to be living separately for more than six months out of the year so in our example, it works because someone has been living you know somebody moved out during quarantine, so they moved out in March or April so that works for the twenty twenty tax filing um, and then the the last care the last criteria is to have a dependent child or a qualifying um, dependent. So not necessarily a chi- child. It could be a grown adult child. It could be um, a, a sister that's down on her luck, or, or whatever it is. Um, and you know, that one spouse could qualify as head of household, and the other spouse um, would be forced to file separately. Um, And there, there are benefits to filing as head of household because the standard deduction for an individual filing head of household goes from roughly 12,000 to
2: about 18,000 Per
1: person per person. Yeah.
2: Okay. So So what if you did do that and you got the nerve and you went out and you said, because most people who, you know, you mentioned trust. So if you were the, whether it be you're the male or the female who is the one who's getting the nerve to move out and say, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not filing because I suspect, or I don't have trust and I suspect that you're not going to be truthful with the income you're reporting. So I wanna file on my own and I'm going to take this head of household filing status because I think it's better for me. But my spouse now jumped the gun, already filed and filed jointly even fraudulently, because we see that happening. And now, can, can I still go ahead and file head of household, even though my spouse filed ahead of me um, jointly? And so that that's a real issue that you brought
1: up. And I would love to know about who is out there filing tax returns electronically, joint tax returns, without both
2: spouses having signed off. Many, on-
0: many couples.
2: Well, the problem is, Karen. I see because you have couples who are married so many years, so they've done it so many prior years, so it's already a, a signature on file. Okay. And so it um, doesn't it doesn't count if it's
1: on file. So they should know that. So you need to get um, uh, what's called a form eighty
2: eight seventy nine. Form eighty eight
1: seventy nine signed yearly. Signed annually to file an individual tax return electronically, period. And if it's a joint return, both taxpayer and spouse, as it's referred to on the form, need to sign. And you know, it's, it's concerning because that is an issue. The issue of trust is huge. Um, and it's really for the accounting firm due diligence that they're lacking in because that really should be something that they're requiring. And I, I, I'm surprised at a firm that, that wouldn't require that.
0: Good. Why so, you-
1: so sure. I wonder even if a spouse could be fraudulently signing off for, for another spouse. We've
0: had, um, accounting firms use the word oops. Okay. On more than one occasion. Yeah. Because I guess you can press the go button without actually having that 8879
1: in. Well, yeah. I mean, so the way it works is the pressing the go button is a human thing to do, right? A human has to press the go button. And, and the rules, you know, from the IRS and, and most other states actually also require a similar form. Um, you have to have that form signed. Um, in order to press that button. That's why that, that form exists. I mean, that's a really, it's a,
2: it's a major part of the process. Mm-hmm. So if you're right. listening to this podcast and you think that could have happened, you could call wherever your spouse may have filed the return, and ask them to send you a copy of form. 8879. Yeah. 8879 which should have your ink signed copy. What yeah. signature, and ask them to send you a copy of that. That's great information, Kelly.
1: Absolutely.
2: And remember that
1: if if he, you know, you're a client of theirs as well. So if your name is on that return, um you have every right to to contact and speak with the the preparer of your tax return.
2: Mhm. Oh,
0: that's really good. So I was um, had a situation recently where the discussion was had if they would file jointly or separately because one spouse figured out that the, they were separated, but they figured out that the other spouse was under withholding so that the other spouse would have the most tax burden. Oof. Yeah. Like intentionally doing that? Yes. Yes. So they had gone online to one of those, Ca- uh, tax calculators. I don't know if you think those are accurate or not. And they were just talking to me about how they were going to figure this out, file separately or jointly. And the one spouse was saying that the other spouse intentionally underwithheld, So they would get the larger paycheck and the other spouse wouldn't know in the end because they filed joint returns.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so in that situation, you know, well, first of all, that's, that sucks. Like somebody should not be doing that. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's, it's not the best. Um, and it certainly doesn't create a feeling of trust in filing a joint tax return with that person. Um, so, um, but you know, these are the, the things we're working with here. Um, I, there's certainly a way to have a true up. I think in an agreement so mm-hmm. you can there's a couple different ways to do it it will never be perfect because the tax is not going to be the same if you separate out those returns and file separately mm-hmm. um, so but a, but an accountant can absolutely figure out all right what tax do we want to attribute to to the income you know, of, of these two individuals. And, yeah. you know, the way I would do it, you can very easily, a very easy way to do it would be to look at the income um, and apply, For each party or the total income for both? Look at the income for each party. And uh, most, most tax preparers will provide you with an analysis of your tax return um, when they deliver your tax package and it will say something called an effective tax rate that's usually listed in like a there's something called like a two-year comparison like over um, certain things and the effective tax rate is really like The rate you're paying based on all of your income, so it takes into account the 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 fact that you have itemized deductions that you both share, or you have a standard deduction that you both share, Um, and even though you're in the 33% marginal tax bracket, your effective tax rate was 22%. Does that make sense after all of the um, deductions and so on and so forth? It does. So I would look at the effective tax rate of that tax return and then apply it to um, each of the separate income and say, okay, you're liable for this amount of tax and based on your withholding, you have credit for this amount and based on the other spouse's withholding, they get credit for, for their amount and then they true up between them and it's either you know, I would put something like that in an agreement if the numbers were sizable enough and it it was meaningful for for these individuals. I would incorporate that into an agreement.
0: But you would go ahead and tell them to file jointly and then true up at the agreement versus filing separately. Or you, maybe you can't make that determination now, but. I.
1: I can't exactly make that determination now. However, I will say when you are dividing a marital pot, so you're looking at a a pot of of money and you're you're filing taxes, it's generally tax efficient, strictly dollars speaking
2: Uh
1: Um, to file jointly because that generally produces the lower liability. Right, okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Catherine, do you
2: agree with that a little bit? I do, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were on mute, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> it's okay. I have um, a lot of noise going on here, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: no, that's okay, that's totally okay. So yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of times that is part, that's, that's one of the main parts of the discussion um, and I mean, we've worked on clients together and I've had other clients that I've worked with in the past. Uh, but there's one I'm working on right now. I mean, the difference between filing jointly could be, you know, getting a, a refund or owing a small amount of money versus filing separately. Somebody's paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and if the pot if that's coming out of marital money, then that's, that's less to split split between the two parties. So it, it you know, there, there are no easy answers here. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, generally speaking there's, there's thought that goes into each particular situation and, and figuring out what's worth it. Um, and, and weighing the risk of, you know, the, the risk inherent in filing jointly with the, the actual, um, Financial consequence of filing separate.
2: The hard part is that you know, you have the spouse who is really intimidated with the tax return, and then you have that same person who feels like they had this great relationship with their accountant, and they're so afraid to veer off from that accountant, and they believe that that accountant is going to work in their best interest and you know just yesterday or the day before karen i think you spoke to a new client in in indiana and she said oh i'm so glad i spoke to you i was just going to meet with my accountant and have a confidential appointment with her before speaking to my spouse well you know i like that you can have individual relationships with your accountant and that's fabulous but saying that it's going to be confidential accountants don't run by those same rules that attorneys run by, you know? And so that's not really being, you know, you know, that it's not biased, you know, you're working with their numbers. It's the same number for the one spouse as it is for the other. And although you can help both spouses, you can't really sway the numbers to one side, but I mean, we see it all the time when, when a spat when an accountant is working with the business owner because okay. they run the books for that, that spouse. So obviously, you know, the other spouse needs to have their own accountant to make sure that books are being run or they have clarity. So it's so it's um, disheartening when we see that a spouse doesn't have their own accountant or they're too afraid really to go get their own accountant. Um, so they're, they they don't understand that being head of a household or getting this, or you can get that reconciliation and that it's okay that you don't have to use the same accountant to reconcile it exactly what it actually means and you don't have to be
1: be bullied into you know or, or I think it, it probably is an intimidating situation for a lot of people if I didn't do this for a living I wouldn't want to know I would say okay you know I, I would it would be one of those things like my you know gutters or my furnace that I want somebody I can trust to handle it and I kind of I kind of don't want to know Right. I just want it. I just want to be taken care of. Um, And it's certainly a situation where, you know, you, you, individuals in that situation should have someone that they can count on. um, To be honest with them and upfront, I will tell you that if you are married and you've been using an accountant to file a joint tax return, and you are divorcing, and you're considering your options for filing, you really, as an accountant, you really can't be, I mean, there's an an inherent conflict of interest, right? Right there, you were were first representing a married couple that was filing jointly, and now there are competing interests, with these two individuals, you can certainly do it. And I, and I, I've done it before and I will continue to do it, but I need to discuss and disclose that there is a conflict of interest here. Mm -hmm. And I'm upfront with each individual with this same exact information. You know, there's, there's no, there's nothing that I'm telling one person that I wouldn't tell the other person. Um, but generally from, from that point on, unless they're going to sign a waiver of a conflict of interest, we're having joint discussions Mm -hmm. on everything because this is, you know, there is no attorney client privilege in, in a relationship. Um, and, and I can't, you know, advise one person the way that they should file without disclosing that advice to the other you know, fairly, I I can't treat two individuals as clients unless they're aware, um, that there is an inherent conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So So if I'm a
0: client and I come to you and I say, Kelly, well, my, myself and my husband are clients. And I come to you and I say, Kelly, I'm going to tell you something in confidence. We're going to get a divorce, but I want to know if I need to do specific things to protect myself you that would put you as an accountant in a very difficult situation, I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think the conversation there, you know, ends and yeah. becomes one of I can I can be your accountant for the services of a joint tax return, but mm-hmm. if we're going to um, move forward separately, we need to, you know, get separate engagement letters. Um, and I think sometimes that's hard because depending on where you are in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would tell you know joint clients that I have in that situation, m- maybe you should get someone else's opinion rather than mine, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't give that. Up. Um, I, yeah. And I know that you all have that same situation too in the work right. that you do. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is
0: concerning when a client comes back or through and says, oh, I had a confidential conversation with the family accountant or the family financial planner or the family anything.
2: Our
1: our jaw just drops. How does that happen? Yeah. 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 It's really, that shouldn't really be happening. Yeah. You know, particularly when you're engaged with a a couple. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A client.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure it does happen, which is Yeah. Just like tax returns get filed with no authorizations uh, on yeah.
2: on hand. <laughs> yeah. That's... I always t- I always tell the other side to go have their own confidential conversation and let's compare the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I like comparing the notes. <laughs> hey, that's funny.
0: <laughs> so on that line, um, this year a specific issue has been presented with COVID with the stimulus checks coming out that has, you know, an extra is at five or 600 per child. Um, And it's going to, I think if it's one joint tax return, it's going to one bank account or one address. And that is the recurring question. How do I get my check and who gets the the kid's money? And it's almost treated like a paycheck. So how are you responding to that?
1: Um, So I have been... Directing clients to the IRS website. Um, I don't know if you have been exposed to the tool that is out there to check, like, where is my stimulus payment? There, There's, um, and I, I wrote down the website for the purpose of this oh. call. Um, so it's www.irs.gov slash coronavirus get G-E-T dash my dash payment so that's irs.gov slash coronavirus slash get dash my dash payment and you can go on there and type in your individual social security number Um, they'll verify your identity by asking a couple questions like your address Um, they may ask if you haven't filed your 19 return they may ask for a couple of numbers off of your 2018 tax return to just authenticate you. Um, so you'd want to have that handy. And the IRS will give you an update as to what's going on with your payment. So, for example, they may say, We don't have enough information, meaning we need a bank account, um, we need a routing number. They may say, You're check was deposited on this date or your payment was deposited on this date. Um, if, the, if the situation is that you filed jointly and they have joint checking account information for you, they're going to direct deposit that $2,400 plus, you know, for each of the kids into the joint checking account they have on file. And you can, you know, go online and check to see basically if they've done that. And if they have, and people are living separately, then, you know, each individual is is entitled to $1,200 of of the stimulus payment. So there's a way, um, it's it's certainly, what'd you say?
2: You should have a lock if your spouse has it. (laughs) Oh, if your spouse has it, but
1: I'm all about like, reconciling that. I would be such a stickler to reconcile, um, you know, add that to the, to the final bill, add that to what they're entitled to. And I, you know, I believe that there will be
2: some sort of um, true up on the 2020 tax return. That in lies the problem, Kelly. And that's what we need to talk about for divorcing couples. Sure. Because that's a problem. So if you're getting divorced and people are truing up now. So I'm I'm kidding when I say shit at all. So probably yeah. getting people all riled up. But it is. We have some people. Karen's like, oh God, we're getting calls tomorrow. Because <laughs> there goes Catherine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at her up there. <laughs> um, so um, we did just help a couple of people true up. So um, but here it is. So now they split the money. And what's going to happen next year? They're they're divorced and now here comes the tax bill. Of course, we're gonna have their attorneys tighten up their agreements to say if there is in fact any money owed back, they're going to have to get together with their accountants and true up. All that language will get added in there. But
1: if you mean if they file, let's say they file separately.
2: Yeah, let's say they get divorced and something happens. Well, is there any talk? Is there will money be owed back on that money
1: you know i'm not aware that the money is going to be paid back um i really haven't heard anything in that regard not saying that that's not impossible we're we're dealing with regulations on the the ppp uh program right now which you know that is changing and that certainly has been a, a giveth and then taketh away um i haven't heard that or read about that in regards to the stimulus checks when I say true up, I really am referring to the fact of, you know, if you were entitled to a payment and you never received it, I'm hopeful wow. that there will be some sort of true up on a 2020 tax return that says, whoops, um, you know, you didn't get one in 2018 or you didn't get, let's say you didn't get a payment or, or a, a, a stimulus check because you didn't file in 2019 till way after the time we were sending out those checks, but it turns out that you really did qualify for one in 2019. So on your 2020 tax return, we're going to give you that $1,200 or $2,400 to kind of make well, you.
2: The um, thing to be worried to consider if you are divorced. And yeah, I forgot one.
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful that there will be a you know, something, you know, I'm hopeful because there's time, um, to figure that out and refine it. Um, because it, it could be handled with a 2020, uh, you know, what would we a form and a new form <laughs> for the, for the stimulus check reconciliation. Right. But right. since there's time, I'm hopeful that the the IRS will put something together to, to make it fair for taxpayers because I do know a lot of people it, it hasn't really worked out for their benefit for example the the couple that filed jointly had a joint checking account on their return shortly thereafter divorced um they, maybe they were divorced while you know when they signed the the filing you know um to file jointly for the previous year and someone get you know the the Old checking account. The marital account is retained by one of the spouses, and they've got twenty four hundred dollars, and the divorce is done. and And how do you? That's not fair, right? I mean, so hopefully there'll be a way to true that up that says I never received this. Um, But you know what? It's just messy. (laughs) So I I can't imagine how that would be that would be reconciled. But you know, I'm still hopeful yeah Uh, that's very interesting yeah it's been hard you know i i I feel for people that have um separated since they filed and you know the irs doesn't have their new address for example um or divorced since they filed their most recent tax return so Mm -hmm. um i have seen you know some individuals when they've gone online to check on their stimulus payment um the IRS has said sometimes we need more information on you. Like mm. so they're able to give information and maybe um get a check issued to them retrieve it, that. yeah. Um, right. Uh but yeah, this is a you know, I'm sure you see it in the work that you're doing, but it's a very odd time and, and all this stuff is mm. happening with the stimulus and, and the the paycheck protection programs. It, you know i'm uncertain as to how things are going to be you know, mm-hmm. reconciled in a fair way um but yeah. i hope that there are some solutions uh coming yeah for because i do think individuals that are separated or divorced or divorcing are particularly vulnerable with this stimulus check stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly,
0: and it creates a lot of emotion that
1: you don't
0: even know what to do with.
1: Yeah, yeah it's upsetting because you know, especially if you have a family that's now split up, um, or even not even a you know, just two individuals, no dependents that are split, split up, and times are tough. I mean, it, you go from paying for you know two incomes paying for one household to two incomes paying for two, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that money could really help those individuals. So I'm, I'm hoping that there are um, some fixes put in place. Sometimes yeah, to, you know, so are we. Um, There's enough yeah. other issues to consider. Yes, absolutely. Are you mm-hmm. having clients that are getting those those monies though? Have you had some clients that have received stimulus mm-hmm. payments? Yeah, yeah. Fact, have you seen spouses that were um, maybe amicable is the wrong word, but but fair enough to split some of the money that came in?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. A lot of them make too much money and they haven't gotten them too. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. So Yeah, so they've been pretty good. I think so. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. The most well, the problem me. that we the mostly the problem that we see is that, you know, reconciling before they get divorced, deciding, you know, a lot of times reconciling RSUs and options. You know the tax rec you know the the yearly reconciliation that needs to be sure. done the finding their own accountant afterwards you know the business owners Um, you know all of those those are the clients and and just the people moving on and feeling confident confident to get their own accountant to move forward that's, uh-huh. the, that's what we get daily
0: yeah but we're glad we have great accountants like you, Kelly. You have been fantastic with our clients. Yeah, um, I, really I guided them through the next step. So thank you. Yeah. You've done a great job. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank thank you so much. And I think my my internet. I just got a message. It was unstable there for for a couple seconds. So I apologize. <laughs> I um, get that often. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And, and my, my concern is really that, you know, it's because a child in this house is doing some, some heavy streaming of either like a game that's interactive and they should be <laughs> doing schoolwork. Um, so, so after we wrap up, that'll certainly be what I check on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they heard they were, the homework was streaming a
1: video today.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that
1: was it. <laughs> <laughs> or they had to do a, like something on Fortnite. That's all the that's the Fortnite really takes up the bandwidth in this house. Oh God, crazy. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it was it's a, always a pleasure working with both you ladies and helping your clients. Um I have a, a special place in my heart for individuals going through divorce. Um and you know, I'm I'm here to help you and
2: them um as best I can. Thank you so much. You're
1: welcome.
2: Thank
0: you. It's been a pleasure. And I think we have many more topics to discuss in the future. So stay tuned and um, be healthy and safe. Okay. Thanks. you, too.
2: Bye, everyone.